0: Welcome to Rich Black Woman, your destination to enlighten your life from the inside out, where we empower you to to be be rich rich in mind, mind, body, and bank. bank. Now, here's your host, Yaz.
1: Welcome to Rich Black Woman, where we empower women to be rich in mind, body, and bank. I'm your host, Yaz, creator and founder of Rich Black Woman, and I'm excited to bring you inspiring guests from around the world who will enrich your life from the inside out. Every week, we talk with change makers from around the world who will nourish your soul, your intellect, and enrich your bottom line. It's time, ladies, to bring the bank. I'm delighted to be enriched by our next guest, Tana Session. She's a native to New York City and was actually born into the foster care system and remained there until she was three and a half years old. However, Tana turned that setback into a setup for success and now helps others do the same through her successful business coaching and consulting. With an MBA in organizational psychology and development, nothing is stopping her now from expanding her reach. And just this year, she released her second book, an Amazon number one bestseller titled Get Your Career Life in Order, a step-by-step career management and job hunting self-help guidebook. Tana is also a contributing writer for BlackEnterprise.com, Forbes.com, and really the list goes on and on. But ladies, we have a show to do, so let's hop to it. Welcome to Rich Black Woman, Tana. Great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Really excited to be here today.
1: Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you. And I know that I met you, Tana, just kind of at a mutual friends social uh, event. And I had learned a little bit about your background and what you do and found it really interesting, especially in the corporate world and being a Black woman. There are so many nuances to having a seat at the table, um, breaking through that glass ceiling, um, leaning in and all of these other kind of words that we hear about now uh, about women having a place in corporate America and also how to navigate that space. Yes. And I remember at that time you were telling me about kind of your expertise, your background in human resources, and now how that's evolved into business coaching as well. And business coaching, you know, it's kind of one of those catch phrases you hear more often now. And I am encountering more people who are engaging these business coaches to help them kind of take it to the next level. And I understand that you're now kind of in that space. So that's why I wanted to bring you on the show and talk about, you know, what is high performance business coaching? What is it that you do?
0: Oh, sure. Definitely. Well, thanks. I'm glad you remembered our conversation and full circle here. I am talking to you on your podcast. So excellent. Um High performance business coaching is you're right. It is something that has really taken off by leaps and bounds. I remember when coaching first came about in corporate. It was more of a punishment than a reward or a benefit. And now companies have split flipped it on its head and they're starting to embrace it as something that they can show their future high performers, their future leaders that they are investing in their future by giving them alignment with a coach who can help close any types of either performance gaps that they have, um, business gaps, like if they have to transition from being tactical to being more strategic um, and also people management gaps. So some people are very good in the technical space, and they, as a result, become managers, but they're missing that gap. They're missing that piece in terms of how to manage people. So that's where coaches really come in, uh, in addition to their, their immediate managers, but to have a coach come in who can really sit side by side with them, understand where their gaps are, give them that honest and candid feedback. And also some action items, measurable action items that they can start putting into place uh, and holding them accountable along the way. So this is something that where coaches come in and they help support what managers are doing day in and day out.
1: Okay. explain what it means to have a coach like from the corporate side. So it sounds like there's two avenues to engage a coach, right? One is through like your employer might actually Suggest or bring mm-hmm. on a coach, and then the other is you can also on your own initiate a coaching relationship. Do you do both, and what's the difference?
0: I do do both, um, and and the difference is well, there's a few differences, but the top difference is when an individual steps out and says, "I I need to find a coach." To me, that lets me know there is a high level. There will be a high level of engagement um, because they are they are serious about their their career. They know that they have some gaps or some areas that they want to improve. They want to work with someone who's outside of the corporate uh, corporation that they work for, um, who can you know again be that honest ear and also that honest feedback for them. Working in it from coming in from a corporate standpoint, where corporations bring individuals in as coaches, is a great benefit as well to the employees. But sometimes they may be a little more guarded with the information that they share. It may take a while to warm up to the coach. And depending on the length of the engagement, you may or may not have enough time to really dig deep and really get to the root cause of any issues that are happening within, um, that individual so that they can become successful. Um, so sometimes you have to do extended engagements. Um, sometimes the company may not, may not feel that they're seeing the changes as fast as they would like to. Um, because of course everyone wants things done yesterday. Um, and that can be a challenge because again, if you're coming in as they see you as a representative of the company, although you're really an outside consultant.
1: Right. So tell me, Tata. Is coaching for like the problem person? Not at all. Um, it
0: can be, but usually by then it's too late. So really Mm. Uh coaching is really for the front end. This is for individuals who are again, looking to grow their career and they're feeling stunted or they feel stuck. Like they've hit a wall and they don't know how to get past it. And maybe they're not, they're not necessarily getting honest feedback so that they know exactly what they need to do to move forward. Um, and also for companies, they're looking to work with coaches to help close, as I said, the gaps for these individuals that they see as future leaders or high potentials that are really on the right path. But they just have a few things they need to work on and they want to align them with a coach. So I don't think, again, it used to be for the problem children when coaching first came out, when I first became familiar with it. And I would say the early 2000s. But that has really
1: changed over the last few years. OK, so it's, there's no longer the stigma of, you know, if someone brings this to you like, hey, yes, me. And I think you need a coach. <laughs> it could be a good thing to help kind of um, transform your career and your your path. And uh, obviously management seeing, hey, we want to actually invest in this person rather than giving them the boot. We do see the core assets that they have, but they need a little bit of polishing right
0: now. It's all in the messaging. So Mm -hmm. depending on, depending on how that is messaged to the employee will determine how they receive that news. So if it's messaged in a way of, we think you have great potential. There's just some areas here, you know, whether it's around performance review time or just an ongoing feedback where they point out some things that maybe, you know, repetitive issues that they want to make sure they close the gap on. Again, it's how they message that to the employee will determine how they receive it and then also how they end up engaging with the coach once they have them.
1: Right. So in other words, don't necessarily be offended if your, let's say your senior manager, your director, your VP, your president. Or a C-suite executive says, hey, I've got this, you know, opportunity for you to receive some coaching.
0: I would say no. I would say go on with open ears and open mind. But also ask the right probing questions. You know, if you've never received any type of developmental feedback in the past, and all of a sudden they're saying, we want you to work with a coach, then I would say, well, there's some areas in particular that you want me to focus on with this coach. And then if this is news to you in, in terms of you never heard this before, that's another issue. That's another conversation um, that needs to be resolved before a coach can come in, because that shows me that the manager, the, the, the immediate manager um, hasn't been giving them honest and open and candid feedback along the way.
1: Right. So what does a typical client who initiates on their own outside of their workplace look like? So, you know, um, rich black woman a decides, hey, I need a business coach. Like what would what would I get out of that?
0: Um, I would say the clients um, vary and, and it depends on where they are within their career. There could be individuals who are entrepreneurs that realize that, you know, their business is not growing as fast as they want it to. And they're not quite certain why, um, you know, so they need to work with a coach to figure out, am I hitting the right markets? Am I treating my clients the way I should be treating them to have, you know, residual uh, return clients come back to me? Mm-hmm. Um, there could be individuals who are, you know, mid-career and somewhat at a, a crossroads where they don't really know where they should go next, Um, maybe they've been in the same position or with the same company for many, many years and they're thinking that, you know, I need a change. Um, so here comes a coach that can kind of help you figure out and be strategic with what that change needs to look like. Um, does it mean that you stay in the company and you grow? Does it mean that you move to another area within the company or does it mean that you transition out and start a whole new career somewhere else? Um, so that's really, um, by far. Some of the areas where you'll see people raise their hands saying proactively, I would like to work with a coach. or oh, I think I need a coach. And then some people are just, you know, especially women um, are at a point where maybe the kids have gone off to college. They're empty nesters for the first time. They've really spent their whole, you know, last 18 plus years focused on their children and not really on themselves in terms of growing their career. And now they have this time where they can focus on themselves and first. And now they're wondering, what is this going to look like for me over the next 10, 15, 20 years? Uh Aha, let me get with a coach that can help me really strategize on that.
1: I love it. I like it because it seems like anyone and everyone should engage with a coach at some point, actually, because you hit on, I, I feel like that hits on everybody. At some point in your life, you are stagnant or you need a third set of eyes or you need input from somebody else who you can get unbiased feedback from who will tell you like it is or challenge you um, and challenge not only maybe um, some of your idiosyncrasies or kind of like your own little things that maybe you aren't aware of that you do. Um, but also to challenge you to kind of break through any fears and to step out and do something different and kind of like rebranding yourself, too, because I find a lot of people, you know, need to rebrand themselves. Like maybe they got stuck or pigeonholed into being one thing or known for one thing at their company, but they want to expand that and uh, look at different ways to brand themselves and have a new image. Would you say that that's true? I say that's spot on.
0: Absolutely. And I won't I won't forget my my millennials and my, you know, entry level straight out of college, um, you know, young professionals, because they need coaches too. Um, a lot of the skills that they re- that are required in the workplace. They're not taught that in college and they don't know it and they don't know what they don't know. So having a coach there who can help them navigate corporate, help them navigate their career. Um, make sure that they are avoiding any landmines within their organizations because, you know, let's face it, millennials, they come in with, um, you know, a sense of freedom that, you know, the other generations don't necessarily never really had in the workplace. Um, they question authority and, and all of these things are actually good things um, because they're risk takers and, and they make companies think differently. But they also need to have some really good corporate and professional skills. And that's where coach can come in and help them.
1: Yeah, well, I would say you have a lot of clients then because um, a lot of the millennials <laughs> that we uh, encounter, they definitely need your services, Taina. So yes. millennials, <laughs> if you're out there, hit her up. We'll we'll share the digits later. Uh-huh. Um, but it also reminds me. I don't know if you're familiar with it's a show uh, called Billions, and it's about um, high performers, Wall Street performers in New York City. And they actually have an in-house therapist where <laughs> all of the, um, you know, Wall Street guys and girls go to and kind of spill the beans, not only in personal life, you know, obviously that's a big part mm-hmm. of it, but it kind of makes me Feel like this is something like that, you know, to keep them because that's the purpose of this therapist is like keep them on track. You know, they've got a high stress job um, Mm -hmm. and they can talk about the personal and the professional and where they intersect. So if you anyone else out there is a fan of billions, you know, you can too get your own coach like they have in billions and take you to the next level. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So in terms of, you know, totally, but we're not therapists. I want to say that we're not therapists. So <laughs> <don't> understand that. <laughs> no, understood in terms of, you know, obviously not giving like clinical advice if someone mm-hmm. is depressed or, you know, medication prescriptions, nothing like that. But, you know, we spend so much of our time at work. Right. Oh, yeah. So yes. obviously that is a part of our identity and there's that crossover. So. Yeah, we're going to need a coach and a therapist, basically. That's right. <laughs> <To make it>. <laughs> That's <laughs> because coaches, really, you know, coaches are really forward looking. So we're looking at where you want
0: to go and setting some goals and action steps to get you there. Whereas a therapist, they go back and then they bring you up to where you are to mm-hmm. try and resolve any issues or any, any, um, uh, any instances that you maybe not have not dealt with and then understanding how they're showing up in your current life and then give you coping skills um, to know when you have triggers to know how to deal with that. So, I mean, my MBA is organizational psychology, but I tell people I'm not a therapist.
1: Right. Okay. <laughs> so we won't tell you all the dirty details. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll shield you from some of the drama. Um, but tell us a little bit about, you know, your book that you recently just completed and what, you know, started that and what would we get out of that?
0: Sure. Um So Get Your Career Life in order is um uh, a number one bestseller, which I'm really, really excited about. That's
1: awesome. And
0: thank you. And I released it earlier this year. And what really drove me to write the book was because of the failures I saw of individuals when they were interviewing, when they were submitting their resumes mm. and when they- With actually, typos. Yes. <laughs> yes. And when they actually got on the job and not setting themselves up for success. Um, so being, you know, with my background in HR and I've, I've been the head of HR for five different companies. So I've seen HR from soup to nuts. I've done yeah. every position imaginable within HR except payroll, thank goodness. So <laughs> I felt that it was something that was missing in the market in terms of really giving people a tool that they can successfully and easily use and implement and set themselves up for success. So I use it. It's really a workbook because I have blank sheets in there where people can actually um write a template of their resume. They can write a template of uh start interview questions. So really understanding behavior based questioning and how to come oh, yeah. up with store, you know, the stories that really will help support answers to those questions. So that way they're really prepared. And I even have a section in there particularly for people of color, professionals of color I call okay. it. Um, because I've seen some hiccups there in the interview process and then and wasn't able to share because I was under the umbrella of a corporation, whereas right. now I can. So I tell them quite honestly, you know, some of the things that we do wrong when we interview and some of the things we do wrong on our resume and yeah. how to fix that to set yourself up. So at least you can get in the door. Um, I also have a section in there for people who are 50 and over um, because that's a unique group of individuals as well. Uh, where, you know, they still have quite a bit of their career ahead of them. But when they go out into the marketplace, they are competing against a big group of millennials, which is the biggest group of new high of, of potential candidates um, in the in, in history of corporate America. So um, understanding how to compete against them and how to set yourself apart. And really set yourself up for success. So again I give them lots of tools, lots of templates, um, worksheets. I even have a list in there of um, useful resources, everything from apps that you can use to help you prepare for interviews up to and including websites to go on to really understand what a salary range is in your area for the types of jobs that you're looking for so you know how to negotiate when you're at that point.
1: Right that sounds excellent and I know a few people that come top of mind for myself, Who could benefit from that, from uh, the millennial portion? I've heard recently just, you know, different stories about folks who have been struggling, like they get an interview, but they don't get the offer. And I think it's so important to understand how do you change that um, initial interview to an offer letter? And right. what are those things and those nuances you can do to set yourself apart during that interview? And what's the goal of the interview? You know, what are your what's your intention and what are the things that you say to sell yourself in that interview? But to close that interview and That's to make right. sure that you are going to be one of the top two candidates um, with an offer, you know, in that position. And I think. I love the fact that you have a dedicated portion and I want to check it out on people of color, because I think for us as African-Americans, sometimes we have not been um, taught or exposed, I'll say, Mm -hmm. to the um, kind of silent cultural um, nuances in interview processing Mm -hmm. and you know, and you probably obviously know this uh, being the HR expert that you are in terms of it's like I remember talking with someone who was uh, an organizational psychologist. So mm-hmm. um, and she said, you know, when you've got the interview, they don't care about your qualifications. They brought you in because they already know you're qualified. Mm-hmm. It's about do we like you? Exactly. Are you going to fit with the team? That's that right. is exactly what that interview is for. So Absolutely. forget about proving yourself. Uh What you need to prove is can do we like her? Do we like him? And I know that that sounds like really just like biased and like, oh, my gosh, is it really about just that? Like, <laughs> isn't it not on our merit? Right. Like we want to feel uh-huh. like it is. Can you speak to that? Because I, I feel like that's huge, us.
0: It's very, very true.
1: Um, and,
0: and I even have worked with CEOs who have told me, I just don't think I would want to go have a beer with him. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, he's checked all of the boxes, except there was something about their personality, something about the energy he gave off where it just turned them off. And like you said earlier, we spend so much time at work regardless of what people say. I'm just here to do my job. That's really an extension of your family because you're spending way more awake time with those individuals five days a week than you are with your own family at home. So you have to think about the fact that you want to like them, too. So you should be interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you and thinking to yourself, are these people that I want to spend eight to 10 hours of my awake life with every day for five days a week? Um, that's something to think about. It's about a cultural fit, you know, and a lot of people are really interviewing when they do so um uh, when they do the uh, behavior-based interviews they're really doing cultural interviewing as well to understand like how would you deal with certain situations that happen in our company and if the, the way you say you deal with them does that fit within our culture um, so really understanding the culture of the company and the dynamics of how these teams are and who's the leader of the teams and how do they manage those teams all of that really comes into play when you're doing an interview and it works on both sides they're gauging you and you should also be gauging them.
1: Right. And there's kind of this fine balance, right? Um, I remember one time doing an interview and it was during the recession and, you know, everybody and their mama was looking for a job. And oh, it was yeah. tough. It was really tough. And I really, I, I wanted this job. I needed the job. And I remember the woman telling me, um, you're too impressive. Yasmeen. And I thought, wow, well, if I'm really impressive, shouldn't you offer me the job? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and from her perspective, though, she felt like as soon as I got something better, I mm-hmm. would be out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes it's also knowing when to shine. And then it sounds weird, but when to kind of dim your shine just a little bit so that you don't um, outshine an opportunity or intimidate people as well, because sometimes the person interviewing you across the, the table can be insecure, you know, and can be off put um, or put off rather by, you know, somebody who might they might think, oh, my gosh, this person knows my job better than me.
0: But I I caution people about that. And when I coach people, I tell them the same thing because I've experienced that as well, where I'm interviewing with um, someone who's a head of HR and I had someone say to me, my goodness, your resume looks just like mine. I'm thinking, "Okay, this is not going to go well. (laughs) (laughs) She's not going to hire me. Um, And she didn't. And probably rightly so, because, uh, you know, I tell people if if you have to dim your light during the interview process, eventually that light's going to come out. So is it going to come out? Three months into the job, six months into the job. And then are you going to have, um, you know, issues with your immediate manager or other team members where they're thinking, well, who does she think she is? Uh, she's new here. She doesn't really notice. Well, yeah, I kind of knew it coming in, but I didn't really talk to it when I was interviewing because I didn't want to talk myself out of a job. I tell people that they should really look for a position where they can be themselves. Like I have short crop blonde hair. If I can't wear my short crop blonde hair in the company, then I shouldn't be working for that company because what I'm not going to do is wear my hair, grow my hair out, change my hair color, or wear a wig to satisfy someone else. Okay. I really want to be able to be myself. So you're not going to be setting yourself up for success if you're not being your true authentic self in the job. And that starts with being in the interview process. There may be certain things that you don't want to talk about from your experience because maybe it's not relevant, um, but I wouldn't downplay my experience and I wouldn't downplay even my education. I've had people ask, should I take my MBA off? Why? You have one. Mm. You worked hard oh, for yeah. it. It's an accomplishment. Why would you take it off? Well, the manager there, I looked online and she doesn't have an MBA. And what's yeah. your point? You yeah. know, <laughs>
1: No, that's true. Good point. Point well taken. So don't follow my advice, you all. Um, <laughs> take it from the pro. <laughs> take it from the pro. No, that sounds um, awesome. I, and I think too, some of the things that we have to overcome as black women are a yes. little bit different and maybe we're a little bit more hypersensitive too, you know, mm-hmm. because we are um, scrutinized more. And it's funny that you mentioned the hair thing, right? Like mm-hmm. every black woman knows, like that makes us literally, you know, we're, we're stressing out. Like, do I wear yep. no natural hair? Do I do this? Do I mm-hmm. do that? Do I wear a wig? Do I wear a weave? You know, mm-hmm. we have to go to therapy because of this, question, know. you know, it's <laughs> like, Hey, can I just be myself? So I love that <laughs> encouraging word. Like, you know what? Just be yourself, you know, whether, however you are, be your authentic self and bring it. So (laughs) wise words. Uh, tell us a little bit too about, um, in terms of cost for coaching and I, You don't have to disclose exactly what your pricing is. Obviously, that's something (laughs) that people can consult with you. And I'm sure there are a lot of factors in that. But I think, you know, folks are probably wondering, like, oh, my gosh, can I afford a coach? You know, Mm -hmm. um, is this going to break the bank? And what's, you know, I'm sure there's huge ROI, obviously. But can you speak to that? How does the structure work?
0: The first question I like to ask people when they ask me, you know, how much do you charge? I say, What's the cost to you not to accomplish your goals? What's the cost to you not to be able to move to the next level in your career? Because if you factor that in, investing in yourself with a coach is minor. And and I think, you know, especially if it's the right coach that really understands what your goals are and they are really able to help you get there um, because you'll see a return on in your investment tenfold, if not more. Um, a lot of coaches do hourly. Um, some of them do packaging Um, Some of them will do, you know, depending on how long the sessions are like, you know, this many calls or this length of engagement will cost this amount. And it may or may not include meeting in person. It may just be over the phone or on Skype or whatever. There's so many ways to do it these days. So I think, um, you know, for myself, I have different ones. I have group coaching where I put a, a group of people together, depending on, you know, kind of what the issues are that they're dealing with. And then I manage them, you know, I call it my campus. I manage them on my virtual campus. And then I also have one-on-one where I call those VIP, where I'm working individually with this individual on specific goals that we've identified, specific tasks that we've identified to get them there. And then keeping those calls on a regular basis or those meetups on a regular basis. So, again, it just depends on the coach, what's their business model, um, what works best for them. Do they have a lot of virtual clients versus in-person clients? Um, It just varies.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. So you can also do it virtually. So you Mm -hmm. don't have to even be in the same city. Oh, most of my clients aren't. So yeah, (laughs) that's great. No, that's awesome. And do you do, is it mostly like Skype calling or Google Hangouts?
0: Yeah, so I use Zoom. Um, So I'll either do Zoom for my group coaching. I use Zoom. And for individuals, I just pick up the phone, they call me and then we start the call.
1: Okay, that's excellent. And in terms of, you know, I like the point that you made about uh, seniors and keeping yourself sexy after 50, corporately sexy, I'll say, <laughs> um, you know, can you speak to that? Because I know women uh, personally over 50 who have had a hard time because of, you know, millennials on their tails and or let's say they're wanting to shift careers, transfer mm-hmm. their skill set to another area Or just, you know, try to be more youthful in this age of technology and, you know, Snapchat and all these other things that maybe they're not in tune with. How do they make themselves relevant? Um, One of the
0: first things I recommend in the book is that they keep up with their industry if they're looking to stay within that industry. So whether it's going to conferences, doing webinars or going to workshops just to stay abreast of how the industry is changing, especially if it's something they've been in for quite some time and with a company where they're just kind of comfortable. Um, so really stepping out of your comfort zone and it started to, yes, embrace technology. Um, artificial intelligence is impacting us everywhere, including in the recruiting space. Um, so understanding what are the technology advancements within the industry that you're in or are they interested in going into. And if you don't have someone in your inner circle that can teach you technical skills that you feel you're lacking, then enroll in a community college uh, course, you know, do a certification program, um, you know, work with some, you know, some, you know, younger person in your family um, who you feel has the time to really sit there and show you. Now, they move really fast because I know my son does and I have to always tell him, slow down. Let <laughs> me see what you just did. Go back, you know, but rewind. Uh, yeah, rewind. Um, but, you know, those those are the t- two things. I also talk about um being um, open to the fact that you may need to refresh your wardrobe. You may need to refresh your hairstyle or your haircut. You I may, love that you said that. <laughs> yeah. You, you may need to refresh your makeup or how you wear makeup or not wear makeup. Yeah. Um, you know, really, it's the image because we are our brand. And it goes beyond the resume. When you show up, everything that's on that resume, you want it to, yes, attract them. But you also want to be able to steal that deal when you walk in the door where you have a level of confidence, where you are competitive and where you are considered a top candidate. Because they see not only the value that you're going to bring because of your experience, but they see you fitting in with these younger people, um, you know, with a fast moving department or a fast moving team or fast moving projects. You're adept, um, you're flexible, you're nimble um so again just really looking at yourself honestly in the mirror and saying okay have i bought a new suit in the last 5 years you know have i had my suit tailored have i bought you know bought new shoes right. or New bags, new accessories. Have I had a new haircut in the last 10 years? You know, right. a new hairstyle. Um, have I refreshed my makeup? You know, this, the makeup is changing every, every month, it seems. Um, you know, so thinking about all of those things will only help you in terms of making you that much more competitive on the market.
1: I think that's excellent advice. This is an awesome book. I definitely know it. it probably needs to be on my gift list. So if I get your Amazon prime together and go That's get right. this book, but it sounds excellent. It really does. And hits so many critical issues to take us to the next level. Um So I have some fun questions for you and it sounds Uh-oh. like you're tech savvy. So one of my questions I always ask folks are, do you have a favorite app on your phone? What is it and why do you use it?
0: Oh boy. Okay. <clears throat> My favorite app. Um, I'm, I'm on Instagram way too much. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: I think everybody is.
0: <laughs> um, that is something that I is probably the first thing I look at in the morning, the last thing I look at at night. Uh, I tell my husband all the time, it's my news feed. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I keep up with everything that's going on, you know. And I feel like this I can trust <laughs> versus the rest of the stuff that's out there. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, definitely Instagram and, you know, all the social media ones for that matter. You know, I keep up with, with my contacts on LinkedIn, through my app on my phone, probably way more than I do on my computer, um, because it's so useful and, and, you know, it gives me an opportunity to keep in touch with my network. Um, it gives me notifications when people's birthdays or work anniversaries or they switch jobs, you know, I'm able to quickly give them a quick acknowledgement and just keep that relationship keep that network warm. Um, so yeah, those, those are the three, the two,
1: I would say Instagram and, and LinkedIn and then Facebook is probably about third. Okay. And then tell us something fun that you like to do.
0: Um, I consider myself to be, um, an adventure taker. Um, so adventure seeker rather, so it makes my husband very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but I have uh I've done skydiving before in tandem. Ooh, you are brave. Yeah, and I wanted to do it again and earn enough flights where I could do it by myself, but he stopped me. <laughs> um I also recently um uh, we were in Barbados last year and I saw someone with the um jet ski boots where you're like oh, up in the air. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've
0: seen that. Did you do uh, that? I did. So I did that. I want to go do it again because I didn't master it and I told the guy, I will be back. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I'll come back and be just as good as you next year. So I need to go back. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I like doing things like I've done hot air ballooning in Napa Valley and definitely enjoyed that. It was at the sunrise thing and it was, it was just beautiful and gorgeous. And, um, I, recently had a dream that I went cliff diving. I'm thinking that might be in my future. (laughs) Oh,
1: okay now. Wow. I thought I was going to get like, oh, I like to travel, but no, we got cliff diving (laughs) and jet, what was it called? Boot jet skiing. Jet boot, I think it's called. I don't know what they are. (laughs) So that That's awesome. Well, where can people find you, Tana, on your social media and um, how do they engage with you? Oh sure. Um, so
0: definitely my website, which is Tana M So T A N A M S E S S I O N dot com. Um if they Google me, they'll find all of my access on LinkedIn, uh Instagram on the under the same name. Um, Twitter I'm under Tana Tane, so I changed the name there a little bit. But um, I'm across all social media platforms. I'm even on Snapchat, but I don't go on there too often. Um, and um, you know, look Look forward to connecting um, on my website. They can actually join my mailing list and they'll get my monthly newsletter. I send a monthly newsletter out the first business day of each month. Um, just something inspirational, motivational and just kind of helping people understand like they want to see me speak somewhere. Since I do uh, motivational speaking, I uh, put a list of where they can find me. And as you said, I do writing so they can find my blogs from Forbes and Black Enterprise and Recruiter.com and some other companies I've, I've done writing for and that I continue to write for.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you, Tina, for hooking us up with some valuable tips to get ourselves together in the corporate world so we can have a seat at the table, keep a seat and create several seats for others. Once again, ladies, it's about taking a leap of faith and breaking through your fears to market yourself in a new way. You have a voice. You have a gift not to keep it, but to share it and enrich the lives of others. And don't forget to connect with us, Rich Black Woman, on Facebook and Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at Rich Black Woman. And on Facebook, it's at Rich Black Women, plural, women with an E. Share this podcast with your flossy posse, your crew, your family, your mom, your play cousin, your co-workers, and then find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. And don't forget to leave a review. We so appreciate your words of encouragement. So with that, I'll close with a quote from one of my favorite authors, Alice Walker, who said, don't wait around for other people to be happy for you. Any happiness you get, you've got to make yourself. Let's go make some happiness, ladies. Until next time, I'm your girl, Yaz, and you've been listening to the Rich Black Woman Podcast, where we enrich you in mind, body, and bank Let's get rich together and remember we live in a world of unlimited abundance.